Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth, with each other, and with the divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. Hi, my name is Ray Hammerling. I'm from Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota, and I teach in the religion department there. My area of expertise is medieval and Reformation church history. And my topic deals with the lives of C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. And there's a debate about whether they are were some of the early ecologists. And I'm going to explore that in three lectures. So the first lecture was on Tolkien's life. And when you look at his life, you'll see that uh, he was born in South Africa um, and his father died at a young age. His mother died. Uh, he moved back to England. His mother died at a young age. And he was uh, living in a fair amount of poverty, but he was living close to nature uh, and was very, very interested in literature that was about nature, such as myths uh, like Norse myths, Greek myths, Celtic myths especially. And those things hooked him, and eventually he became a scholar who was very, very interested in literature, medieval literature in particular, that focused on um, nature and those sorts of things. What happened to Tolkien then is not only did he read these things, he started writing the sort of literature. He met Lewis at Oxford. The two of them were a part of a group and they encouraged each other to write books. And especially Lewis was very influential in getting Tolkien to write The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings. Nothing like that had ever been done. And so Tolkien wasn't sure whether there, this was something you know, the, the public would like. And of course, when he wrote, finally wrote the books, uh, his books became wildly popular. They became especially popular in the 60s in the United States with ecological groups, hippie movements, people back to the earth movements, who saw in the books, The Lord of the Rings and things like that, things that were um, reflected their values, getting back to the land, living simple lives, uh, and people who were interested in the destruction of the rivers, the air, uh, the land, and in early environmentalists were, were moved by his writings. Tolkien in particular had a deep love of trees and forests and was very active in trying to preserve those in England. Uh, he really didn't like industrialization. He didn't own a car for long, long periods in his life because he didn't like what Rhodes did to the countryside. The second lecture deals with C.S. Lewis and looks at his life, kind of focuses more on his autobiography in the sense that Lewis thinks that kind of the key of life is the idea of joy, that all people have a deep-seated longing, what he calls a real bittersweet longing for a place a world, a community 
where things are better than they are. And somehow we know that innately. We come across them. He says his first experience with joy was when his brother made a little toy garden. And in that toy garden, Lewis said, he said, well, that was the first beauty that I ever knew. And after that, he became enamored with forests. He became enamored with nature. But he becomes particularly interested in animals. He was an atheist. He also has a tragic moment in his early life where his mother dies quite young. He kind of gives up Christianity at that time. He prays to God to heal her. She, God doesn't, and so he thinks there is no God. He lives through World War II like Tolkien had and sees kind of the destruction of life and just doesn't think that there possibly could be a God in this world. But his idea of joy, this idea of bittersweet longing, of hoping for a better world and and maybe finding a land out there, a place, maybe a home that he's never been to, is still a part of his life. He meets Tolkien. Uh, Tolkien is instrumental in uh, Lewis converting to Christianity. Tolkien kind of tells him that myth is one of those things that can help us feel that longing. And Tolkien just points out a contradiction in Lewis's life that Tolkien says that, well, you love Greek myth, you love Norse myth, you love all these Roman myth, Celtic myths, but why don't you like the Christian myth? And Lewis can't really answer that question. So he starts thinking, well, if Christianity is a myth like these others, it also has that sense of longing. And so Tolkien uh, helps him convert, and Lewis has a strong emphasis in his writings, in his Narnia writings, for example, on animals. And Lewis was an animal rights activist in his day, long before others were really thinking about such things. He really thought it was horrible that we would cut up animals and use them for experiments. And he even wrote tracts for the vivisection, anti-vivisectionists societies uh, and tried to get people to treat animals with humanity. And he has a funny story about he always would, always would know every night when he should go home from work when he was working late, the mice would come out in his office. And he would look at them and say, okay, I'll go home so you can have some time to eat my crumbs. And he never set traps and never did any of those sorts of things. The third lecture is kind of trying to bring together everything and ask one question, were they ecologists? In a sense, not in the modern sense that we know. That wasn't even in their vocabulary at the time. But in another sense, they were. They were very deeply romantic about agrarian lifestyles, living close to the land. Tolkien says that he hates mechanized farming. He really thinks farming should be with animals and, and done in a kind of a close-to-the-earth way. Both Tolkien and Lewis uh, lament the fact that people are getting farther and farther away from the land. Life is becoming more industrialized, more mechanized. They think technology is removing us from the world, and as a result, we're abusing the world, we abuse the land, we abuse the air, and those sorts of things. And this comes through in their in their writings. For example, in Tolkien's writings, the evil wizard Saruman has a staff that's made of metal and has a round orb that looks like a mechanized light. And Gandalf, the wise wizard who cares about the land, who's a real steward of land, Tolkien uses that word steward a lot, has a staff that's made of wood and it looks like roots kind of on the end. Whereas when you get to C.S. Lewis's writings, of course he has these talking animals, Aslan and uh, Mr. Tumnus the Fawn and that. 
And it reflects kind of his attitudes with regard to animals and taking care of good animals well. So the villains in Tolkien's and Lewis's stories are often people who don't care for the land. In Lewis's case, don't care for animals, are cruel to animals in some way, uh, use them uh, as slave labor and use them to gain power or wealth in a way that's uh, very, very cruel. So their stories, therefore, kind of provide, Lewis said, what you want to do is you want to sneak past the dragons of our society. You have to sneak past them. So you have to give a message in like literature, children's stories that gives them um, a, a reason to love animals and a reason not to ignore them. And the same thing with Tolkien, a reason to kind of lift up an agrarian lifestyle. And so the elves in Tolkien uh, are lovers of the forest and they protect the forests. Um, and the forests are wild still, right? There are elements with big spiders and things. But nevertheless, both Tolkien and Lewis are trying to uh, give young children and people who read their works a heart and a love for the land, for the air, for the water. They're both Christian when they're writing these works. And this really comes out of an idea that if God becomes human in Jesus and makes physical stuff like our bodies, sanctifies the world. They have this sacramental view of the world, that God created the world good, and therefore the world is good, and we should take care of it. And in the end, I think they have a huge impact, even though we may not recognize it. You know, we only see it through the people who read these stories and have an appreciation for the land and the animals and things like that. And so I think they had a huge impact with Nobody's really noticed it, and that's something that I want to bring out and honor in these lectures. The idea of unity of love is really what it's about, right? God creates the world good. Humans are a part of the universe. Tolkien talks about stewardship. Lewis talks about hospitality, but for both of them, those ideas are what bring us back into a harmony with the universe or with God or the creation and with each other. And so that's really what they're saying, you know, the creation is created, connected to the creator, and we're creatures with that. We're all a part of that. And what technology does is it separates it out. Uh, trees become a commodity. Animals become things that we can use to test cosmetics on. And, you know, you torture the animal. And, and Tolkien talks, has this great story about a woman across the street who was trimming her tree. And Tolkien goes, what are you doing? She says, well, I'm trimming it. You know, the, it's blocking the light that's coming into my window. And he tells her that she's torturing the tree. Let the tree be alone. And we don't think that way, right? You know, we tend to think of, you know, this is like our property and things. And they, they thought of it as life. And they have wonderful descriptions in their writings about what a tree looks like or how an animal moves or that's all about observation and they knew the names of trees and plants and things like that they looked very closely at the countrysides that they were on lewis loved going for walks and he hated really going in cars but he had a car and he did it but nevertheless he would he really like just walking and that's thing you could observe nature you could be close to it that way Lewis, Lewis talks about the idea, the part of the reason for writing the stories is to take the reader into an enchanted forest so that when they come back to see the forest that they walk in, that it becomes enchanted as well. So that you see 
the forest in a new way by entering into a story like Narnia or, or the Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. But when you now walk into those forests, you bring those emotions from the stories back into the real world. And it helps you see the trees with greater respect, with greater love. Mm -hmm. And now the real world is enchanted by the book that you've just read. Mm -hmm. It puts you more on a level playing field. You don't see it simply as a commodity, you see it now as a part of God's creation. And that creates a very different relationship between you and the tree or you and the animal that you're encountering. Thanks for joining us for another Holden Village podcast. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.